Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning, everyone. This is Stuart Crawford in Calgary, Alberta, and you are on Small Business IT Radio, a weekly show for IT professionals, business owners looking to find those skills out there to build their business, improve their practice, you know, just generally take care of our clients and understand what our clients' uh, wants and needs are. And we've got a great show lined up today that really hits on that, what our clients' wants and needs are, especially as our clients are getting younger in age, uh, doing things with technology a little differently than maybe some of us uh, older guys in the in the industry have been used to over the last several years. And this is all because of the explosion of the Internet, social networking, you know, the whole Web 2.0 strategies that we're hearing more and more about. And for those that were lucky enough to attend SMB Summit last week in Dallas, kind of got a, we just hit, hit the tip of the iceberg when it came to Web 2.0 and the power of what we could do for our business and understanding, you know, what it's all about. And one quick announcement here. We got an item of housekeeping and got an announcement. Uh, if you're not doing anything this weekend coming up, or not this weekend, but the weekend following, we have SMB Nation in Toronto, a great little conference for Canadian IT professionals. And you know what? IT professionals from all the world can come if you're going to be in the Toronto area. Go to smbnation.com. You can register online. I think there's a few spots left for that. And for housekeeping, we're going to have a short, uh, shorter show today because uh, our guest has some other commitments, so we're going to respect uh, Mary's time and keep it to uh, a 30-minute show. But if you do have a question, you can dial in on our line at 646-716-8372. And I do have the chat window open at blogtalkradio.com. So, Mary, let's just dig right into it. Welcome to our program today. Thanks ever so much. And just as a quick aside, Stuart, as somebody who does in excess of 200 presentations on average every year, let me tell you how much I love and appreciate people who are technology experts. You all are the folks who always get my PowerPoint presentations up and singing, and I appreciate it more than you can know. Well, thank you very much. I'm sure there's a lot of guys out there, a lot of guys and girls out there that are appreciative of that. Now, Mary Crane is a... a what would you call yourself, Mary? A consultant that works with, uh, you know, HR. We talked about pre- previous to the show starting. But what is your like? What would you really call yourself? Sure, I'm, I'm the owner of Mary Crane and Associates. That's a simple and easy answer. The longer answer is I'm one of those consultants out there that right now is helping bridge the generational gaps that exist in so many workplaces. You know, for, for the first time in the history of most working organizations, we now have four generations in the workplace. Increasingly, we have groups of baby boomer bosses and managers, and they are encountering more challenges than you can imagine incorporating what I call the T-ball generation into the workplace. And the T-ball generation is... Uh uh, it's a call great the group of people. Yeah, the, the T-ball generation is the generation that began somewhere right around 1982, seems to be the date that most people are pinpointing. Um, some people would suggest they started a little bit earlier than that, some a little bit later, but 1982 seems to be the key year that most folks are looking at. And, and it's a very unique generation. Um, I call them the T-ball generation because they had some very, very distinct and unique experiences growing up that, that members of the baby boomer generation generation did not have. I'll give you one example. Um, when I was growing up, if I wanted to play baseball with my older brothers and, and their friends, I had to learn some eye-hand coordination pretty quickly, or else when I came up to bat, it was going to be that three strikes and you're out situation. Well, for so many of the baby boomer generation, as they started having children, they decided that they didn't want to put their children through that same humiliating process. 
So instead of starting them out playing baseball, they started their children playing out t-ball. Now, in case you and some of your listeners are not familiar with the game of t-ball, this is a game in which a ball is placed on top of a tee, and a child is invited to come up and swing and swing and swing and swing and swing until the child actually makes a connection with the ball. There are no outs in this particular game. So we created an environment in which two children, we communicated the message, we're going to create a world in which you cannot fail. And on top of that, at the end of many t-ball seasons, lots of the parents came back and said, you know, we really shouldn't say there's just one more most valuable player. Instead, at the end of the season, we ought to make sure that everyone receives prize. So, so we've created an environment in which, one, a group of young folks have been told they cannot fail, and two, they'll receive a prize just for showing up. And in so many cases, those are the young people who are walking into today's workplaces. And what kind of challenges do they face, as a, you know, as a business owner myself, that you know, when I have, uh, say, a 20-year-old or 22, 23, in that you know, the 82 onward uh, generation, Sure. That, as me as a business owner, need to be aware of when I'm trying to, you know, if a, if a disciplinary issue comes up or, you know, even our businesses are shrinking, we have maybe have to let some people go. What do we need to be worried about or keep in the back well, of our mind at least? I think the number one thing that we all need to keep in the back of our mind is that the generations are bringing very, very different expectations into the workplace, especially when we're talking about baby boomers and baby boomer bosses. Those folks entered into the workplace at a time when, quite frankly, there was just a tremendous amount of competition for jobs. Um, You may not be able to remember this, but way back in 1982, 1983, there was a recession that hit in both the United States as well as in Canada, and that recession was a huge one. I, I know for a period of time, in the United States, unemployment rates were at an excess of 10%. That that happened to coincide with a time period in which tons and tons and tons of baby boomers were entering into the workplace. So for most baby boomers, they came into the workplace with this idea of, boy, if I am lucky enough to get a job, I'm going to keep my head down, I'm going to keep my mouth shut, I won't complain about anything, I won't ask for anything, and oh, by the way, I'm going to dress for success because that's what all these little books say I should do in order to get my next promotion. Well, for so many of the T-ball generation, they are coming into the workplace in which a real war for talent is on. There, there are not too many people to occupy a certain number of jobs. And, in fact, the statistics now suggest that within an easy 10 years, we're not going to have enough people who are in that 35 to 45-year age period to really fill a lot of the jobs that are going to be necessary. So for lots of the young folks, they're coming in, one, with the, the attitude that, you know, the economy has been great in our entire lives. We anticipate that to continue. And we kind of expect our baby boomer bosses to bend over backwards in order to attract and retain us. That's what we're seeing uh, all the time, especially in our market here in Calgary, where, you know, there's a definite shortage of skilled labor. I think there's, there's probably still a lot of people out there looking for it, but the skilled, talented people that we need in our business to succeed are definitely on short supply. And I'm thinking we can go across North America, and that's the same challenge. You know, if you're in Denver, New York, or Toronto, there's the same uh, the same challenges there. Mary, do you see this trend kind of reversing back to maybe the older ways we used to do business where, you know, you you mentioned you, you, you're lucky to get a job and, you know, you fight hard to uh, to keep that and, you you know, you dress for success? Do you see that I, I think the baby back? boomers... 
the, the baby boomers would very, very much like that to happen. But I keep telling baby boomer bosses right now, you might as well pick a chill pill and go out and order a happy meal. Trust me, the world is changing. And you better learn how to accommodate this younger generation or at least recognize what they need as they start entering the workplace. Now, in, in terms of accommodating, I, I'm, I'm not suggesting to baby boomer managers and bosses that they need to simply throw up their hands and say, okay, I guess whatever these young folks are going to walk into the workplace wearing, I'm going to have to put up with. But I do think what baby boomer bosses are going to have to do is spend more time providing feedback to these young folks than they ever imagined. You know, this goes back a little bit to what our differing expectations were. For, for most baby boomer bosses, when they entered into the workplace, the whole idea of getting little feedback, I, I will tell you, as somebody who is a baby boomer, I recall having the experience of looking at a manager and asking for feedback, and the response I received was, just go ahead and assume everything's okay. If there's a problem, we'll let you know. I will tell you that if baby boomer bosses look at their younger employees with the same attitude, those younger employees will get up and walk. The, the, the message I think to so many baby boomer bosses right now is you need to forget everything you learned about being a boss experientially when you were a young person. And instead, what you really need to do is transform yourself into a coach. You need to look at these young folks. You need to make sure that you are setting very, very specific goals for them. And then if there was one message to communicate to bosses, um, whether we're talking about people in the technology sector or any other sector right now, is the number one thing that you need to provide these young folks. It's feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Let them know what they're doing well. Let them know how they can improve. But plan on providing them feedback on a daily basis. And this allows them to retain that that thought pattern. You know that everybody wins if we're if we're coaching and mentoring along in in uh, in our business and you know giving them that positive. Because I think they need a lot of positive feedback as much as it, coaching and improvement. They also want to hear that positive message coming back all the time. It's in part that. The, the other part of it is um, a reflection of who and what the T-ball generation really is. You know, I, I think it's unfortunate. In so many cases, people, when they talk about the T-ball generation, they, they leave you with the impression that this is an entire generation of slackers. And, and I have to tell you, that is not my experience. Um, instead, my experience is, is that so many people within this generation, so many of these young folks, their parents, what they have encouraged them to do from their very, very earliest days is to build their resume. You know, instead of going out and getting the summer jobs and the after-school jobs that you and I might have had growing up, these parents have told their children, what we want you to do is go out and have lots of really important experiences because it's going to be those experiences that will help you get into some of the very best schools and then those experiences that will help you secure the very best jobs. So for, for in many cases, what you're going to find are young people who the very first job they have out of college or out of a graduate program that truly is going to be their very, very first job. As I share with lots of folks, with this particular generation, they've had the opportunity already to climb Mount Everest and to help excavate Machu Picchu, and they've probably, in your case, been attending computer camps since they were in their teens. But for most of them, they've never punched a clock before. So they have absolutely no idea what day-to-day -day expectations are when they start walking into a workplace. So, Mary, you know, I, this all makes sense to me as a business owner, and I can reflect back and see it even in my own business here uh, of, through our generational, uh, you know, groups that we have. We have some very young. We have some uh, more people around my age. It's, you know, you know tipping the 40 mark. 
Um, that, that means you're still very young, Stuart. That's good, yeah. That's what, a lot of, that's what a lot of people tell me. Um, I mean, I'm a, I like to believe that I'm a technology adopter, and I, I understand the importance of mobility and on our you know, telephones and keeping in touch with things like that and social networking. But these are, these are services or tools that the younger generation just take for granted. And are you finding that businesses, in order to retain these people, now have to open up uh, and learn how to integrate these critical services into, uh, into their business? Absolutely. In fact, I think a couple of the values that the T-ball generation are bringing to workplaces, um, it is a very diverse generation. It's a generation that is comfortable with diversity, and they're walking into organizations expecting diversity. It is a generation that is looking for green environments and is looking for organizations that will position themselves, and not only position themselves, but actually be very, very green. And finally, it's a generation that has been wired to the nth degree from the time they were very young. And this is a generation that started grow, um, walking into to their elementary schools carrying their own cell phones, and they've gone through college carrying their own laptop. So they have an expectation when they, work into, when they walk into workplaces that they will have access to the newest and the latest and the greatest technology immediately. And, and that makes sense. We see, you know, the, the Facebook uh, started in a, you know, in a college environment to keep uh, people in, in connected at, uh, you know, the Yales and those universities up in the Northeast. And now it's uh, commercially acceptable to use it, you know, not in the workplace uh, as a tool to, you know, generate new business opportunities. Uh, we're finding more and more technology, and the younger folks are, you know, snapping it up right away. But in fact, what we're finding here in the United States is every major politician has their own little spot on Facebook.com because they know that's an important way to communicate with this generation. And that's, that's the key is, you know, as, as a success as a business owner, we need to – I'm kind of thinking the words instant gratification come to mind here. We have to really kind of play into that. What's, how can we engage these, peop, uh, these younger generations and also – Give them that instant gratification. I think that's what it all comes down to. Is they're used to having everything now and and winning. You know, everybody wins in this type of in this type of t-ball environment. Is nobody? There's no losers, and that's just coming into the workplace. So, you know, what tips can you give to a business owner uh, who's uh, you know just starting out a small business and wants to you know they're, they're a small business IT company and they want to retain the best folks and also kind of play into that instant gratification. What can we do as business owners? Sure, and, and it's interesting, your terminology, instant gratification, what, what I often tell my clients is that one of the things this particular generation is used to and very comfortable with is every action is immediately going to garner some sort of a reaction. And I draw this back to you, if you think about this particular generation, this generation has grown up in a world in which they have never heard a busy signal. They have never had the experience of phoning another individual and having no other person answer that phone. In, instead, they've grown up in the world in which everybody's phone, if it doesn't have an answering machine, it has automatic voicemail. So every time they've dialed someone, they've had some sort of, they have received some sort of a reaction. Well, I think as business owners, that's one of the things that we need to be comfortable and aware with, uh, that, that this is going to be a generation that's going to expect quick, quick reaction. Whenever they act, they're going to expect some sort of a reaction. So the idea, for example, of doing a performance evaluation once every year, once every six months, that, that's just going to have to disappear. Those reactions are going to have to come much more frequently, whether it's the sit-down at the end of every single project 
or even sit down at the end of every single day and say, let's talk about what happened today, what worked really well, what didn't work so well. I think a couple of the other things that businesses are going to have to do is they're going to have to provide the technology. Um, I, I work with lots of law firms and lots of corporations that bring in summer interns and summer associates. And one of the messages I have to all of those organizations is, I realize these folks are only going to be with you for two or three months, but they darn well better have access to cell phones and Blackberries right away and the organization better be providing it because these folks want to be able to stay in touch with all of the people that they're starting to build communities with. I think the training programs that organizations are providing to these young folks are going to have to change dramatically. But the whole idea of sitting young folks down in a training room hour after hour after hour, listening to a bunch of talking heads, no longer going to work. For this particular generation, they want to be able to access information on their own time. And, and that may mean that some of the information is podcast out to them. It may mean that some of the information is available via websites. But it definitely means that you're not going to have one person lecturing on and on and on to the particular generation. And, and finally, I think one other thing that, that is really going to have to happen is some of the folks who are more senior in management are going to have to help some of these younger folks understand some of the older technology. Um, it was kind of interesting. Just earlier this week, I was working with a law firm that had a partner who's clearly a member of the baby boomer generation and a younger person who's a member of the t-ball generation that suddenly found themselves in a major conflict. And, and this is what had happened. Um, apparently, an entire team, and this included a client on the outside and a number of lawyers within the firm, they had all been on a conference call on a particular Friday. And at the end of this conference call, it became very clear that a memorandum was going to have to be reworked. So there was an agreement made over the phone. Does everybody understand that this is going to have to be reworked? Great. We'll plan on working on this over the weekend. And the member of the T-Ball generation readily agreed, absolutely, I'll plan on working this on, on this over the weekend. Well, everybody goes away from the conference call. Saturday rolls around. The partner comes into the offices in Houston, and they start looking around and quickly realize that this particular young associate, a member of the T-Ball generation, had not arrived at the office place yet. Why? Well, that young person had made arrangements to spend her weekend in New Orleans. And her whole thought was, well, all of this information can be PDF to me. I can see it while I'm still here in New Orleans. It's not physically necessary for me to be in the Houston office. But the Houston partner, who was used to having a piece of paper in front of them, was completely caught off guard in terms of how am I going to get this information out to somebody who's in Houston, and I thought we were going to both be here in one conference room working on this during the same day. Now, it turned out there was another young person who was able to help the partner out, scan the document, get the document over to the associate in New Orleans, and they did manage to work on this document together via conference calls throughout the entire Saturday. But it is a very, very different approach that these two generations are going to have to work very, very hard at at bridging the differences. Well, it's funny, Mary, you mentioned that because I'm the same way. Um, I'm kind of in the, I, I like to think I'm at, you know, 39 years old. I'm kind of in the middle of the baby boomers and the younger generation. So, I mean, I'm a very, you know, I, we were talking prior to the start of the show that we, we kind of live on United Airlines. We, our offices, we have a physical office, but we're, we're, we're flying all the time. I'm the same way. And I kind of have those conversations with my two business associates as well that, you know what, I could be in Toronto and get this quote done for the client and, you know, just be just equally affected through my cell phone and my laptop than I can ever be sitting in the office. And, of course, they're, 
more close. They're closer to the baby boomer generation, and we the debates we have in the office is that you know I they say I'm not being productive if they don't see me sitting here physically in the office, and I'm thinking I don't need to be in the office to be uh, you know effective to the company. And I think it's just a mindset thing that many business owners uh, need to work through. And you know your example was you know so bang on. One of the things so the, the flip side of that, if, if I could just mention, Stuart, sure. the flip side of that is that the younger folks really do, do need to get a recognition of the importance of FaceTime. You know, one of the things that I like to tell young folks is from the very first day they walk into the workplace, one of their number one goals is to make sure that they start building their professional networks. And I talk about attending networking events and having one-on-one meetings with the various individuals. I, I've had lots of young folks come up to me and say, oh, you know, Mary, that this whole idea of going to a networking event, that is so passe. We do all of this via social networking right now. But the example I always like to toss back to them is the example of Bill Gates. You know, Bill Gates, when Bill Gates was still very, very early in his professional life and in his career, decided that there was a real value in building a relationship with Warren Buffett. And, and Warren Buffett made it very clear to, to Bill Gates early in this time period that, that Buffett had no understanding of technology, no desire to learn about technology. Gates himself was smart enough to say, okay, Buffett's not interested in software. That's fine. I don't need to talk about software. Instead, I'll go out to Omaha, Nebraska and play bridge with him. And as I like to tell young folks, just look at how that investment in time, and in particular in FaceTime, by somebody who is probably more tied to the technology industry than anyone else that you and I can imagine, Look at how that investment in FaceTime has really paid off. You know, Bill Gates is now a gazillionaire. Warren Buffett has now pledged, pledged that two-thirds of his net worth he's going to pledge to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And it's solely related to the investment of time that Bill Gates made in building that relationship one-on-one years and years and years ago. Well, that's so true. And, I mean, I'm a big uh, – I was once called the networking king in Calgary, which – Probably in the last few years, I've kind of lost that title, but uh, that's okay. I know the imp- the importance of networking, and that's you know that's why I was in Dallas uh, last weekend at, sure. the, at the conference is to network with my peers and my and other professionals. And my mentor mentions to me uh, all the time is that the investment in people is you know so critical to success and investing in other people and investing your time in understanding people. One of the things I wanted to mention, Mary, is we're we're seeing you know even companies like Microsoft now, and you it, it's funny that you mentioned Bill Gates is to a, Adapt to the new generation and the new way of doing things. Uh, Microsoft's new uh, unified communication is all about presence. You know, you can if you can't get through to somebody on voicemail, you can get them on instant messenger. You can try email. It's all about that. I call it the always on uh, mentality, where you can just go look on your computer screen and say, okay, where is Mary today? Oh, Mary's on cell phone. I'm going to try her there. Yeah. I think IT IT professionals, in order to take their business to that next level, have to really understand the importance of uh, you know a solution like unified communication, so they can talk to their to their uh, younger clients uh, in in a language that's un- that they can understand. And you know, Mary, we got about uh, five minutes left of uh, the time here that we want to allocate today. Is um, do you see that uh, you know as a business owner really understanding you know even if I'm uh, a baby boomer, is taking the the investment and understanding, you know, you know the, the business mind of the younger folks today? A- absolutely. I think it's understanding the business mind and being willing and able to adapt that to that. I, I think not only is it going to be a desire for these folks to be connected one way or another 24-7, 
But I think one of the other demands that the young folks are going to be, bring to the workplace is that it be customized to, their, to, to them as individuals. Um, it is the whole idea, you know, I like to tell people that certainly my father, when he was growing up, if he went to a diner to get a cup of coffee, he would ask for a cup of joe. Um, and expect that the same sort of coffee that he would have had in Diner Y would have been the same as he would have gotten in the Diner Z. Well, the, today's generation is coming into the workplace. They're more used to walking into a Starbucks where they can have their coffees individualized. And I think what young folks are going to expect and demand of workplaces as they're walking into them is that the technology is going to be individualized for them also. Yeah, and that, you know, I'm, I can't remember how many... Different variances of coffee you can get at Starbucks. It's unbelievable the number. It's it was a, it was a big number. Remember, right. In fact, I, I think on one of the things that would be really interesting, and if we had a lot of spare time, we would do this, is to go online and just find out how many web, uh, websites offer the option or start with the words of my. You know, whether it's myevents.com or or all of those variations, because I think in all of those cases, it's communicating you're a unique individual. We want to create something that is special and unique to you, and it's one of the things that this generation is going to demand. Now, Mary, we've had somebody waiting uh, on the line here since we started uh, calling in from the 617 area code. Now, the software on Blog Talk Radio doesn't allow me to see if they actually have a question, but I'm going to open up the lines and see if there's somebody waiting on the line who has a question for you. All right. Is there somebody uh, on hold waiting to that wanted to ask a question? No, I guess not. So sometimes people just dial in to listen to it over the phone instead of having a question. But I can't. Unfortunately, the software right now doesn't allow me to... Uh, to tell that or not, Mary? We got in the in the last five minutes. We have, uh, in conclusion, what you know? What words of advice can you give to uh, you know anybody ranging in age from you know even a, min- a millennial to another millennial to a baby boomer to another? What you know if you had to, you know, just talk to somebody say, here's the magic pill or here's the the instant solution. What what would you start with or what would you where would you lead that to? Sure. Well, let's talk about T-ball generation first. If I were talking to a group of folks who are members of the T-ball generation, and in fact I spend a good chunk of my time talking to those young folks, one of the things that I really communicate to them, especially when we're talking about technology, is make sure you learn and have at, at your fingertips all of the newest and latest and greatest technology, but never forget or never fail to learn some of the old technology. Because if you become the young person that can help bridge the gap between more senior people in your organization and the younger people, you all of a sudden bring added value to an organization. In fact, the example I gave a little bit earlier of another young person who came in and said, oh, here, I can help scan that document and get it sent to this person in New Orleans, all of a sudden that individual became one of the most valuable people within the organization because she truly was an individual that was bridging the gap between the younger folks and the more senior folks. So I think if I was just talking to members of the T-ball generation, one of the things I would communicate to them is make sure you're aware and comfortable with all the newest and latest and greatest, but never forget some of the older technology and recognize that you can bring old added value. I think as I talk to people who are managers, the, the baby boomer bosses, I think there are a couple of real key messages to communicate to them. Um, one, they need to get really, really comfortable with becoming coaches. As I said a little bit earlier, everything they learned about being bosses while they were growing up and entering into the workplace, they probably need to forget, and instead they really need to learn how to become a boss. 
Um, one of the issues we didn't talk about are the helicopter parents that are so involved and continue to hover through the T-ball generation's lives. Um, one of the things I, li I like to tell managers is you may want to recruit helicopter parents because by recruiting those helicopter parents, you may be actually able to co-opt some of the younger folks. Um, I think to the extent that baby boomer bosses can create collaborative workplaces, that's something that really, really, really resonates with the T-ball generation. Giving the T-ball generation the opportunity to tackle particular issues as part of a team rather than, than as an individual project or performer. And, and finally, I think the, T the, the baby boomer generation is going to have to learn some new ways of communicating some key messages. They're going to have to get much more comfortable with podcasting, with delivering information in bite-sized pieces rather than in two- and three-hour lectures. And yeah, I'm, I, and I totally forgot about the ho the hovering parents. I uh, saw that in the the CBS uh, story that you participated in when uh, you know when things didn't go right for Johnny, mom and dad got involved even at 22, 23 years old. So, as business owners myself, that's you know that's something we may have to prepare for here. And if we happen to discipline one of our employees that's younger, that uh, the mom and dad interaction uh, may happen. And that sometimes I have to even. You know, hold my wife back from getting too too involved with the kids sure. at school because we don't want to have that perception that mom and dad are always going to come to the rescue. And, and I, I believe it. You know, my own belief is that our my own children need to you know experience life and have those. We'll be there to help them, but let them have their own uh, successes and experience you know the shortcomings through life uh, as well. And I think that'll set them. I think that's where we'll start seeing. Uh, kind of the old ways of doing business and, you know, life coming back is if we allow our own kids to experience their uh, life without, you know, without mom and dad jumping in and getting too, too involved. Well, Andrea, what, what, I like, what I like to tell lots of people is if you really want to do a favor for your children right now, take off the training wheels from their bicycles. There, there, there was a real advantage to growing up and falling off your bike and skinning your knee and realizing that the world continued to revolve. It wasn't going to simply stop and end because you had fallen off your bike. And I, I think it is one of the challenges that the T-ball generations face. They have been encouraged and challenged to succeed for so long. And there have been so many safety nets put underneath them that as they're entering into the workplace, it's one of the first real scary experiences they've had in their lives. And that's so that's so true. And I think the, and understanding the balance of people skills to technology skills will set everybody up for success down the road. Mary, I want to thank you for your time. I know you have a busy agenda in Las Vegas today, but I really do appreciate taking some time to uh, join us on Small Business IT Radio today. I guess the best way for people to reach you if they want more information is through your website at marycrane.com. Absolutely. And in fact, let me provide you my email address, and I'd be delighted to connect with folks. It is mary at marycrane.com. The Mary Crane is all one word, and Crane is spelled as in hooping, C-R-A-N as in Nancy E. Great, and so my best of uh, success to you uh, in Vegas today, and hope you, uh, hope if you get a time to go to the tables, hope you win a little bit. <laughs> Thanks, Stuart. I'll look forward to seeing you in the future. Thank you very much for your time again, Mary. And just uh, as we, uh, before we separate uh, and go our own ways here uh, for another week, just a quick reminder of our upcoming shows. We do have our show with the Microsoft Learning Solutions folks next Friday. That'll be at uh, our normal time at 12 noon Eastern time, right here on blogtalkradio.com slash SMB. And on May the 9th, we're going to be joined by Ken Thorson and some good colleagues of mine, Steve Wright and Mike Fafinski, as we talk about how we can set salespeople up to succeed in today's marketplace. So that'll be on May 9th. 
and then our Learning Solutions one on May the 2nd, next, uh, next Friday. Uh, check our website at blogtalkradio.com for more information on our upcoming shows. You can download all of our archives uh, at that show. You can also go to iTunes and get that, uh, as we talked about today, that's always on. Small Business IT Radio is always on. So thank you uh, once again, Mary, for your time. Thank you, everybody, for listening to us, and we will see you all next week here on Small Business IT Radio. 